Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. How's it going? That's pretty good. I've just been watching stupid movies. Yeah, me too. Hey, everybody. Today we are discussing the 1986 Troma Entertainment film, Class of Newcomb High. Uh, this is the first time I watched Newcomb High. As, uh, I don't know. It's like always my favorite. I, Toxic Avenger is pretty good, but this one, it reminds me of like those anti-drug, like uh, reefer madness like kind of things. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. Yeah. It's like an educational film, but like punk rock and just brutal. Written and directed <laughs> by Lloyd Kaufman and Richard Haynes, starring yeah. a bunch of unknowns, basically. There's only like a couple of them that like really stand out. Right. And most of those are like trauma regulars. Like they keep on using the same actors, you know, in their movies. We got Gil Brenton as Warren. Now, Gil... Yeah did have recurring roles in primetime soap opera Santa Barbara and something else. I lost it. Uh, he was in Lex. That's right, Lex. Yeah, that was a weird show. You know, that was that was right on the heels of Fifth Element, and some of the characters kind of borrowed some, some features from that movie. Yeah. Um, it was one of those series that I wanted to, to enjoy. It also tried to be a little bit like Farscape, where yeah. you know, their ship was a living being. I love um, Farscape. Yeah, Farscape, Farscape is Farscape. really great. It was like Farscape, but like a lot of BSDM like type. Right. Everything like all like yeah, it's supposed to be sexual and stuff. But Farscape was awesome. Yeah. He went on to film like a producer and shit. He yeah, but like yeah, he didn't really have that many acting credits. Not really. I also have Janelle Brady as Chrissy. This is her screen debut. She also appeared in The All-Nighter and that masterpiece of filmmaking, Teen Wolf 2. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's great for like a late pop movie, but yeah, she is like briefly in it, so yeah, we got to mention it. I also had Robert Pritchard as Spike. He's a trauma regular, like you said. Probably the only other notable yeah. person on the cast, Brad Dunker as Gonzo, and, and he wasn't even an actor. He was credited as the assistant editor, but he was given a part because he was one of the few people on set who could actually ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Like, there's a couple of scenes that there's like some record club, but yeah, he's the one that was the actual like cast member, that, like, you know, but he was like, yeah, some trauma guy, you know, was just back there. Like, yeah, come up here. Put this stupid thing in your mouth. And so much makeup. It's pretty good. A lot of makeup. Directed by Richard Haynes and Lloyd Kaufman. I read that Richard Haynes really only directed the scenes in the school basement. That was what they shot first. And then Lloyd Kaufman kind of just pushed him out of the way and took over from there. Yeah. Seems like the, the scenes in the basement are darker. And it seems like, like a, almost like a horror movie. Right. Thing everything else once you it's like slapstick comedy classic yeah. trauma bullshit over the top cartoony wowie you know this is uh you you mentioned reefer madness and, and definitely it takes some elements from that this is also a very heavily three stooges inspired movie oh yeah and the richard haynes directed scenes they go pretty far from that and it becomes almost like a real attempt at a horror film and if that's the case, then I can definitely see why Lloyd Kaufman would have taken over and made this a trauma film instead. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have worked as a legitimate horror movie. No. The, the, the whole idea of what's going to go on it totally wouldn't work. I like the, the, the main theme of the, the movie. I just love it. I used to like listen to it, like driving around and stuff at night. The, like, the, the music? Yeah, the music is actually not horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but it's not bad. <laughs> it's classic. It would play stuff like this on the radio, but it's too, like, I don't know, hokey, I guess. If you were listening to Top 40 radio around 1984, yeah, this is kind of what you'd hear. Yeah. Kind of some early, early Night Ranger stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Main 
plot theme of the movie is about a, a nuclear waste uh, accident, very much like Three Mile Island. Yeah, I think that's like what kind of like pushed this in. You know, it was like production it was like, oh, we got to do something like that. Right now, Three Mile Island was several years earlier. For anybody who's not aware, Three Mile Island was a nuclear power plant in Pennsylvania, and they had a coolant leak that released some radioactive material into the surrounding environment. It was contained relatively quickly. It was a big media event, but there were very few actual illnesses or or anything like that reported from the event. The whole thing happened because uh, a needle got stuck on a uh, on a gauge that would tell them that the pressure was too low. Okay, so I guess we'll just jump into this. Uh, the movie opens up with a shot of the New York skyline back in 1980-86 when the World Trade Center was still standing. So we see that, then we pan over to what looks like a power plant. Now, since they're, they're in New York, it, it appears <laughs> in this that this is probably more like a, an incinerator that we're looking at rather than a nuclear plant. Yeah. Then we see a shot of the outside of the Tromaville Nuclear Utility, and everybody's walking around in hazmat gear, which I thought yeah, was hilarious. So funny. Everybody's yeah. walking around in it, Tyvek suits and respirators. It's like a cartoon or like, I don't know, like some kind of like punk rock comic strip. Right. They're like, uh, like drinking coffee, wearing gas masks and stuff. It's stupid. <laughs> reading newspapers and stuff in the lunchroom and crap. It's it's all like real quick, just going through the, you know, the, the facility, but it's it's funny as shit. Everything in the background is funny. We see a crappy old storage room with barrels of what's supposed to be radioactive waste, and then alarms sound and people start scrambling. The staff of the plant, they want to shut down for 48 hours to clean up a, a coolant spill, but Bailey... Mr. Bailey is trying to minimize the whole thing to avoid an investigation. Burt Bailey is played by Pat Ryan, uh, who's a character actor who just played the sleazy fat guy that they, whenever they needed one. He's credited as Mr. Finley, but he answers the phone as Burt Bailey later in the movie. He played the mayor in the Toxic Avenger. And yeah, he's, they, trauma just puts like a ton of fat dudes in all their movies. It's almost like a drinking game every time like a fat guy's on the screen or there's like a couple of them and <laughs> I, it's it's you get really drunk in those later like the Toxic Avenger four. You just you just can get plastered. <laughs> Pat Ryan, big fat guy, love him. Yeah, he's just I don't know. He he, he plays this character really well. He was great as the mayor. I like this guy better because he's like he's like a sh shisty lawyer type. Right. He's always got I mean, he's always got like the Three lies for every, you know, truth that he tells. Yeah, he's he's just your standard publicity guy, and he's just going to spin everything. No, there's nothing to see here. Um, just just move along. And we'll see that later on when one of the students, when the first of the students dies. So meanwhile, there's contaminated water bubbling up out of the ground next door at Tromaville High School. The, the high school is literally like across the parking lot from the nuclear plant. Yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, like engineers and community planners and stuff, they get, there's there's rules. Well, the there's OSHA like, inspectors are not allowed in Tromaville, apparently. Yeah. Oh, man. I wouldn't go there. It's a real cool shot when they do show the like the the setup shot, the uh, established shot of the high school. Yeah. Like, you know, the of it. And then you all you see are those two big towers in the back. It's just, I mean, that looks great on a T-shirt. It does. It is a really good shot there. I like that a lot. Inside the school, a nerdy guy named Dewey is making his way through a hallway of teenagers making out. This entire high school is like a really bad swingers club. Everybody's yeah, or, always making out with somebody. It's like that or like a really cool concert. Like there's well, always like loud music playing. Yeah, everybody's making out. There's like, uh, you know, food fights and stuff. Everything. It's like a party. Yeah. Also, all the students are like 35. <laughs> the students are all the same age as the teachers. That's abundantly clear. Yeah. 
Well, Dewey makes his way through the crowd to the water fountain to get a drink. And as he's getting a drink, the water turns green. Then we cut to a chaotic classroom to introduce the Cretans. Oh, man, I love this. They look like a cross between Let's Make a Deal and WWE. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. To me, it's like, uh, I don't know, like Masters of the Universe. Yeah, like WWE, like uh, Mad Max and stuff. Everybody's got like shoulder pads or crap. Or there's yeah. crap in their hair. So apparently there's supposed to be a punk rock gang. So everybody's wearing lots of makeup. There's some cross-dressing. The women are all partly clothed. There's one chick that's got a Hitler mustache. Yeah, she does. She sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> uh, this... Later on, the guy with like, I don't know, like little hairs growing out of his face, like all weird. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's... It's it's like he he grew a beard, but only in little patches, and grew it as long as he possibly could. Yeah, but it looks it looks kind of like cat whiskers, but it's supposed to be his beard, I guess. Yeah, it, I don't know. They're 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 freaks. They're creeps. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Gonzo's got like a a six inch earring through his nose and mouth guard teeth. Yeah, he's wearing a mouth guard the whole time for for some of no apparent reason. It just makes it him difficult to uh, to hear. He does like to spit it out and catch it on that earring, which is disgusting yeah. as hell. This whole movie's disgusting. I love it. <laughs> Mr. Wesley comes on the PA announcing that a uh, routine nuclear evacuation drill is going to take place. And while he's making this announcement, Dewey starts twitching. The class lines up to evacuate, and Dewey starts putting his hands all over some guy's face. Yeah, he starts, like, foaming at the mouth and just acting really weird, like he's having a seizure. Yeah, so the fight breaks out because he won't keep his hands off the guy's face, and Dewey does start, uh, you know, green foam starts coming out of his mouth, green goo shoots out of his ears, and then he jumps out of the window. This was a second or third story window from the way it looks, but the fall doesn't kill him, and he continues to thrash on the ground, until he melts. Also, that jump out the window shot, I'm pretty sure like that's the same one from like uh, Toxic Avenger. I can like, see that. Always shots. Like they just edit it before he gets to the uh, the toxic barrel. Right. Because just like, bam, out the window and stuff. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> I love it. The stunts in this movie too. They're like, you know, they're real stunts. Trauma is like always old school. Lots of physical special effects and classic stunt work. Uh, then we get the opening credits and shots keep switching back and forth between the kids filing into the school and people in hazmat suits with Geiger counters. Reporters converge on Bailey asking about the connection between the plant and Dewey's suicide. But Bailey tries to blame the whole thing on microwave ovens. Yeah, <laughs> the kid had five microwave ovens and was chronic masturbator. <laughs> he like really threw Dewey under the bus. Yeah, nothing you can say will convince me that those microwaves are gone before you open up the door to the microwave oven. There's no telling what what that'll do to you. I burn all my popcorn. All right, once that's done, we meet Warren and Chrissy and Eddie and Kathy. They're standing in a hallway and the wall is just lined. It's just a solid line along the wall of students making out. They're Eddie, talking Taken out. They're just it's weird. Yeah. No in anything at the school. They will learn how to spread herpes at this school. That's what they'll learn. Yeah. They'll learn how to treat a cold sore. They're like talking about college the college party and like a lot of the stuff's going on in the background kind of drowns out some of the uh audio. Yeah, I can't really tell, but it's basically and, we should go party, let's go, you know, it's the end of the school year. Well, Eddie convinces Kathy to go down to the, the school basement, which is a fallout shelter, much like the basement of my elementary school, which was also a fallout shelter. <laughs> they have like a bunch of civilian defense stuff. They, they also happen to have a mattress down there just in case some students want to go down there for whatever. It, that place is skeevy. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, dark. It's dirty. It, it's creepy looking. And there's radioactive green goo seeping through the walls. Yeah, and there's like used condoms and like liquor bottles and <laughs> petness everywhere. I wouldn't go in that place if you paid me. Well, some of this uh, green goo drips on Kathy and she freaks out and runs away. 
Then we see Warren, Chrissy, Eddie, and Rick all discussing strange things that have happened at the school since the nuclear plant opened. Apparently, a teacher lost all of her hair shortly after the plant opened. A bunch of other weird stuff. The Cretans come through again, knocking people out of the way. And they're just, they're literally uh, jumping up in the air as soon as they get touched. It's, it's really over the top. But it's that, yeah, that kind of wrestling kind of action, like you oversell the action. Chrissy explains that the Cretans used to be the honor society. And at this point, they accost a nerdy guy in the hallway and shake him down for the money he owes them for the pot that they sold him. They give Hello? him until noon to come up with $20, and then they very comically beat him up. Well, like cartoon sound effects and shit. Yeah. I love that whole concept of the, they're like, they were the honor society, and just because toxic uh, chemicals and stuff around, you know, they, they turned them into like these, you know, Mad Max and the Road Warrior, like kind of like mutant gang. Yeah, it was either the exposure to the uh, radiation or it was the fact that they were smoking pot. But something turned them into hoodlums and punk rockers and degenerates. Like psychotic, like, you know, like really bad. There's, there's a, like a punk, you know, and then there's like, what the hell is wrong with that guy? Yeah. Yeah, they're sick. Outside in the parking lot is the Tromaville High School bake sale. It's like they took every <laughs> school movie, high school movie trope, and it's all happening in one day at this place. That's what I was like. It's like the end of the school year or something, but it is like really cartoony. It, it does like that whole, like I said earlier, but it was like kind of like, you know, like a film strip, you know, like some kind of educational film. It's like, of course that would happen because like, that's everybody's idea of, that you know it's like yeah high school bake sale uh probably there's like a science fair in there or something yeah gonzo shows up on his motorcycle and crashes through a giant wedding cake that they had at their bakes <laughs> yeah <laughs> spike sends gonzo to get more weed buffy's complaining that he never pays any attention to her though and spike tells her <laughs> well that's what you get when you fall in love with a yuppie of his uh, Spike's character design, like he looks like a rooster, like or something, with like uh, I don't know, like he's on the the poster art and stuff. He's really it's, iconic. It's very very bizarre. Got these weird spirals done in his makeup and and his face all painted dark. His big mohawk looking haircut. It's just it's just really out there. It's like they took somebody who had never seen a punk rocker and said, make what you think a punk rocker would look like. It reminds me of like Japanese pro wrestlers in like the late eighties. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, like over the top, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. That's great though. So the Cretans arrive at the power plant where the employees are eating lunch out of uranium storage boxes. And it looks like I love they're... That. It looks like they spray painted some stencils onto film reel canisters. Yeah. And that's what they're calling their uranium storage boxes. But they're eating their lunch out of those boxes. One of the plant employees had been working with the Cretans to allow them to grow pot on the, the nuclear plant property. They're growing yeah. it where nuclear waste is leaking into the ground around it. They decide to call the yeah. stuff Atomic High. Yeah, they really say that a lot. Yeah. Like every time like every time they said somebody gets like a check somewhere, but it's funny every time. <laughs> yeah, it's like they really push that shit. I wish the like the, the plants would have glowed green or something to like like really cartoony effects. But yeah, you just see like the plants just sitting there and like a puddle of goop. Meanwhile, back inside the school, Eddie and Ray are trying to invite people to their indoor beach party at a frat house. And the Cretans are trying to force people to buy, they're strong arming people into buying weed from them. Yeah, really, really shaking these kids down the hallway. Yep. $10 for a joint, but it's supposed to really turn on the girls. So uh, next we see everybody showing up at the frat house and it looks like a normal frat house from the outside. You get inside, and it's a multi-story nightclub. Yeah, man. That was... Uh, it, it's like on the outside, total classic. Uh, it looks like the poster for uh, Animal House. 
knocked over crap in the yard and stuff, all the paper, panties hanging off the fucking thing. Yeah, one step in that door, Club 54. It's like, it's <laughs> crazy. They've got a band on stage. They've got light columns. They've got a balcony around the whole interior. It's like two different levels, two levels of the dance floor, of the main dance floor, and then a balcony above that. It's really An bizarre. Bar, a water slide. I'm pretty sure I saw like, you know, two chicks in like a kiddie pool wrestling. They might uh, have used this place as the inspiration for Circus Circus. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, really good use of the space. Yeah. <laughs> Their decorator was like top notch. Uh, Chrissy and Warren enter. Chrissy's saying she wished they had gone to see the Fellini film instead. Um, but War <laughs> Warren tells them, are you kidding? This is a Fellini film. It's not all. It's not all. No, he's not. Federico Fellini, an Italian film director known for making very surreal movies. Yeah. I think there's a skit, uh, there's like an old Monty Python skit from a movie that they're making fun of that, and it was really good. Yeah, Terry Gilliam, who did a lot of the Monty Python movies, w behind the, the movies, was very heavily inspired by Fellini. Oh, yeah. You, oh, yeah. yeah. You see his movies, you tell. Well, Eddie gives Warren and Chrissy the radioactive joint that they had to buy, and they try to smoke it unsuccessfully. If yeah, you, they suck. If you totally knew how to smoke pot, but you needed to pretend you didn't, this is exactly what it would look like. <laughs> it's just like an under cop or something. <laughs> no, he starts choking and just, yeah, immediately throws it down. As I was going to say, like, just throws it on the ground. Like, oh, God. Yeah. And it gets trampled. Warren tells Chrissy they should leave and go see the Fellini movie instead. Chrissy and Warren go upstairs to get their coats, and Chrissy falls out on the bed and starts writhing around immediately. <laughs> yeah. Warren, Warren, on the other hand, is feeling a little woozy. He's talking to Chrissy the whole time with his back to her. He yeah, turns around and sees her, and she immediately jumps him. Oh, yeah. Screaming profanities. Jumps him. Top off. Yep. Yeah, she was down the road. All from one little puff off a radioactive joint. I want that joint! <laughs> Screams that like six or seven times. She does. Like repeatedly. It's a bad joke. Try to get all they can out of it. Oh yeah, they spent that whole dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Downstairs, Eddie and Ray are striking out with girls left and right. And even they, striking out with a guy. There's a really weird montage it, it keeps on going from them striking out to warren up there getting his rocks off back to them striking out it, the editing in this movie is kind of dizzy it, it makes you feel like you're on something it does it cuts it, back and forth super fast between things that are not at all connected you yeah. really have to pay attention at, at some points in this or just fast forward through it Eddie and Ray finally give up and head upstairs, and they see Warren and Chrissy having sex, so they just decide to hang out and watch. Yeah, they totally perv. It's, it's like, oh, you guys, come on, man. Also, they're going up these stairs that's in that nightclub place. Yeah. Upstairs, like some kind of bedroom from like, not even like a frat house. It's like, I don't know, like a, like a small, like two-story home or something. Yeah. It's like creepy small, you know? It's like when Greg Brady turned the attic into his bedroom. Oh, yeah, it does. It looks just like that. <laughs> I'm going to go watch the Brady's now. <laughs> I love those binoculars with the eyeballs on the end of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Warren takes Chrissy home, and they both have some weird dreams. Warren's dream turns him into an irradiated monster with a four-foot-long boner. He has a volcano <laughs> dick. <laughs> It's creepy. It looks like, I don't know, he's got like a road cone or something. I mean, his teeth turn all rotten, and he's got blisters all over his face, and his bed sheet is almost touching the ceiling. Yeah, it's, it's gross. That music they play is so, it, it just it makes you want to vomit, too. That, like, that weird, it's not like in the Toxic Avenger when that happens, you know? And it's like, I don't know, it's like uh, classical music. This stuff is like some kind of weird experimental like punk rock 
death. Yeah, battles. it's it's really, really disturbing. Chrissy has a very similar dream that ends with her being pregnant and a worm-like creature coming out of her navel. That's uh, really good effect. It was a good effect. Way better than that volcano dick shit. They- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It was a mop handle under a bed sheet, but. That's creepy. (laughs) Well, they both wake up to discover they were just dreaming. Everything's normal. The next day at school, Warren and Chrissy discuss their hallucinations. And Gonzo just happens by and just reaches out and grabs their spaghetti with his bare hands. I think the whole point of the Cretans is just to be as completely offensive as they possibly can. Oh, yeah. Well, it's they were the honor society, right? So it's like they're the opposite. Right. Negative. They're the so bizarro they have- honor society. Yeah. Dishonor society. There we go. Then we see students entering Miss Stein's German class. Spike walks up to her and and starts saying something to him in German. Sounded like he said, uh, you have the most beautiful blue eyes I've ever seen. Then he kisses her and that turns her into a Cretan. That's what I'm thinking. It's like chemical. Like, he, yeah, she's, like, totally appalled of, like, whatever he's, like, spitting at her. But he, he just goes up and he just, like, grabs her and kisses her. Like, that's assault. Right. Bam, she's evil. And she goes in the bathroom. And she's just wearing her underwear and painting her face. I liked her look. It was, like, the lightning eyeballs, you know. Yeah, it was like know. she took eyeliner and drew lightning strikes across one side of her face. Very cool. One thing about the acting in this movie. I mean, it is a trauma film, so you would expect it to be bad acting, but it's particularly there there's a distinct lack of give a crap from these actors, which probably has something to do with the fact that this movie was made on a $400,000 budget, but none of the actors got paid. There's always like that certain thing with trauma where it's like it's an experience. It's like going to school. Yeah. It's like going to college, but instead of like, I don't know, I guess it's like con college. Instead of going to like an Ivy League school, you're, you're going to prison to make movies. <laughs> yeah. Everybody did this just for the experience, and I'm not even sure most of them would put it on their resume. But Maybe yeah. college prep or something. It's like, yeah, it's just something to get hours on the clock. That's one of the things that Robert Pritchard, who played Spike, said in an interview, they asked him what was the difference between working on Toxic Avenger compared to Newcomb High. And he said, well, the first difference was on Newcomb High, nobody got paid. So all the actors are doing this for free. So I'm sure a lot of this was improvised because Uh, why not? It's not like it's a real movie or anything. Also, some of the Cretans, they'll just change them out. Like they change, they'll just put the same makeup on somebody or you'll just have some total weirdo just pop up and then like they won't be in the next scene, but then they'll be back at the end of the movie. Well, one of the Cretans, Taru, uh, there's one actress that plays her in in the very first scene where you see her and then a different actress plays her for the rest of the movie. And I forget why that was. She either had some other opportunity come up or there was a car wreck or something it was either something really good or something really bad and i can't remember yeah. what it was but yeah you're right they just switch people out with and nobody notices unless you're like me and like you're just there you're just like oh not see there it is yeah i'm i'm that kind of guy but yeah yeah no one notices the warren's still feeling sick he stumbles home And as he's walking around his living room, all the electronics in the room are starting to freak out. No real explanation of why this is, and we never see it happen again. There's probably an alien in the neighborhood or something. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense, right? Happening in an alienator. But (laughs) I like that whole scene. Like, it starts off as POV shot, Warren, like, kind of, like, walking to his house. So you just, like, kind of, like, ooh. Spooky. It's like a horror movie. He gets in the house. It's like Ozzy and Harriet. Yeah. Like he's yelling at mom. And then like they go, it's like a nice little sweep of the house. And then as soon as he he gets to the den or like the TV room or whatever, boom, ape shit. It's like, yeah, all the electronics start freaking out. The lights start blinking. Uh, uh, There's a hair dryer on a bookshelf for some reason. And that (laughs) turns on. I guess like, because like if you, can't see 
like if you're watching this movie you're blind or something maybe like oh you can hear it why is the, the hair dryer going off what, what's going on hey everybody mike mcdonald here i just wanted to take a minute to tell you about our patreon where you can support this podcast for as little as one dollar per episode and when you make a pledge at any level that money allows us to make donations to film schools all across the country it's our way of giving a little something back to the great people who make the movies we enjoy so much so go to patreon.com slash cdf pod and join at any level no matter which level you choose we think you're awesome for supporting the filmmakers of tomorrow Patreon.com slash CDF pod. Yeah, I don't know. Meanwhile, the Cretans have retrieved some Alka-Seltzer that they had stashed in an abandoned building. I love that shot of that abandoned building, that like that whole little set. They use that a lot. I mean, it's just like an old brownstone, but all the windows are boarded up. But they had to go there because Spike had stashed some Alka-Seltzer there. Um, I bet they hang there so probably i mean i know their main base is like at the uh at the junkyard junkyard yeah like a bunch of cars and shit but like yeah they you see them on that street hanging out a lot right well they needed the alka-seltzer so that spike could fake a seizure and they could try to steal a lady's uh, lady's purse so that they could get some money spike beats up the old lady as they leave and the one that he's with grabs, grabs the purse and runs off down an alleyway. That's Pete that was with him. Yeah, he's also in a bunch of uh, trauma movies. Right. Most of the Cretans gang is our trauma regulars. Oh, yeah. Pete runs down an alley and meets up with Beethoven, who's been waiting there for him. And then we see Monster Warren step into the alley. It's where it's all messed up. His forehead's all messed up, and he got buff. Yeah. And he's super he, he, twitchy. He like a, yeah, it looks like a, like a comic book version of someone that you would say with that guy, Freud rage. It's like a roided-out meth head. That's a weird combo, but yeah. that's. <laughs> <laughs> he's got uh, green foam coming out of his mouth. His forehead is pulsing, and he's got the green goose shooting out of his ears. And he's there to beat up some cretins. Oh, man. Uh, he beats the shit out of these guys. Right. Grabs Pete by the throat. Uh, and, of course, that causes chemical burns on Pete's throat. You can see a burned impression of, of his hand there. Throws Beethoven up against a wall. By that time, Spike comes around. He grabs Spike and throws him over a wall. Yeah, like on top of a building. or so. He just, like, launches him. He just launched and him. And it's really, like you said earlier, it's like the Three Stooges. Like, it's brutal. Like, they show really gory effects and stuff, but, like, like the contact of the, the fighting, it's really comical. It's stupid. It's like what the way kids would fight with the toys, you know? It's like, what what, do you, what are you doing? That's not any fun. <laughs> it's like, ooh. You also can, like, hear, like, uh, old, like, tiny piano music playing when they're fighting. Like, it's, that's how much to make it even, Yeah, make it even more comical. When Spike lands, he's knocked unconscious, like, yeah. and then Warren goes back to finish off Pete and Beethoven. We see him just shove his entire arm down Pete's throat. That's then, nice, that's gory. Then Warren just wakes up back in his bedroom. His bedroom has been completely trashed, but he's back in his bedroom yeah. without a mark Fresh on him. Day. Yeah, he's, that was relaxing. Yeah, he feels much better, apparently. Yeah, he got out of his system. But his bed's crooked, his blinds are down, his stuff's thrown all over the place. He's got a newspaper stuck to his butt, just completely trashed the bedroom. Then we cut to cheerleader practice, and Chrissy's feeling sick. She fights her way through a crowd of people dancing in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they're dancing. There's no music, just everybody's dancing in the hallway. It's a high school in the 80s. That's what happens, right? That's exactly what happened. I was in high school in the oh. 80s, and, and I can tell you that's exactly what happened. Hell yeah. <laughs> they outlawed that stuff by the time I got to high school. It was like footloose. It was like, no no dancing, no nothing. This movie actually was released during my senior year of high school. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Chrissy makes it to the bathroom, and her stomach starts swelling. Then she pukes up a little baby alien worm into the toilet and faints in the bathroom. 
It's a lot like the little worm, that the chest burster worm from Alien. It looks more like a hairball, though. It's like really nasty looking. Right, right. It's a very, very like dark green. Gross. But it's got googly eyes. It's got the, the yeah. you know, the, like the, the teeth and everything, but it's got googly eyes. Like if someone took one of those little rubber finger puppets and like just put a shitload of like hair and gook in it. <laughs> like a boglin or something. Well, they carry Chrissy out of the restroom on a stretcher, load her into the ambulance and take her to the hospital where we get another Three Stooges reference because you can hear over the PA paging Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard. <laughs> and if you don't know what that's about, Google it and watch it on YouTube because the Three Stooges are awesome. <laughs> Chrissy's mom has just been informed that Chrissy was nine months pregnant and had a miscarriage. And like this afternoon. She was nine months pregnant the day after she had sex for the very first time. After smoking marijuana. So the message there is don't smoke the marijuana first. Yeah, don't have sex. Just don't do anything. <laughs> don't go to parties. Her high school is located like right next to a nuclear power plant. I wouldn't go to school. Get that out of that town. What happened? If your town is named Tromaville, you're in trouble already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, back at the school, another girl walks into the restroom and she sees the little alien worm monster, radioactive worm monster trying to crawl out of the toilet and she flushes it down. <laughs> yeah. This brings us another great cartoon moment because we see the thing where the camera traces the pipes as the monster is being flushed down the drain. The old track shot where it's like, yeah, it follows do, 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 like all the funny pipes. And then like it ends up in some basement nuclear fallout shelter. Well, first it makes a stop in the school cafeteria and starts throwing all the dishes out of the sink. Yeah, I forgot. that goes like throughout the whole school system, doesn't it? Yeah, it stops in the cafeteria, throws all the dishes out of the sink. And we see the horrified lunch lady standing there watching. Then it goes back down the drain and through some more pipes. A pipe breaks in the basement and it falls out into a barrel of radioactive waste that has been stored in the radioactive shelter bunker in the basement. That's it. It falls right in the, into the, in the barrel. Like they had the barrel open. Pretty sure that after this movie was made, 60 Minutes launched an investigation and the result was that schools are no longer allowed to store open barrels of radioactive waste in their basement. Wait, was that like a real thing? No. Because <laughs> I don't know, man. I've seen some of those old yearbooks and stuff. <laughs> Warren's back at school now, next day, I guess. And Eddie shows Warren a laser in the science lab, which, of course, leads to more wiener jokes. I like that laser. It's pretty sick. It is. It, I don't. I don't know what that actually was, but... Just some piece of electronic equipment. We're going to say this is a laser. You have to have a laser. And right. it's got foreshadowing written all over it. Because you don't just show somebody a laser. Like, there's always got to be a reason. It's like the cannon appearing on stage in the first act. It must be fired before the end of the show. Oh, yeah. They get caught in there by one of the teachers who tells them that if that laser was to hit a radioactive isotope, it would blow up the entire school. Then he chases him out and grabs his flask of bourbon and starts downing it. I like his flask, too. Isn't he drinking it out of, like, a... Like an like Erlenmeyer flask. I thought he was drinking out of, like, a beaker or something. Yeah. Well, the Cretans accost another nerd in the toilet and pressure him to buy more pot. Warren walks in on him, and a fight ensues. Warren was doing pretty good at the first part of that fight. Uh, it quickly turned bad on him, though. I mean, it was him against two guys and a really tough girl. Yeah, that, that chick's mean. Also, he's not, like, hulked out, you know. He, he already smoked his stuff, so that the effects of that are pretty much gone. So he just, he just gets his ass kicked. He's, like, regular power. Right, it's just regular Warren. It's not radioactive monster Warren. So... A uh, teacher intervenes as they're giving him a swirly, though. They totally got that classic swirly action. Warren gets sent to the nurse's office, and the Cretans get marched into Mr. Wesley's office, where they have to be patted down. Yeah. Very gratuitously. 
The pat down re uh, reveals an entire pile of weapons. It's kind of like that bit where Mad Max is trying to enter Barter Town and he's got to unload all of his weapons. Like they a... find guns and knives and nunchucks, dog leash, all kinds of stuff. Well, the Cretans are expelled. Yeah, they're going to fight with the principal. And yep. he told I'm tired of it. You're out. Get your shit. Calls the cops and stuff. Or is like the security officer or whatever gets them out of there. Yep. The Cretans are tossed out of the school. They are banned from being on school property. Back over at the nuclear plant, the plant workers are starting to drop dead. Left and right. Yeah, they're just walking along and falling over. No real explanation there either. They're just walking along the sidewalk, start coughing, fall over dead. You start seeing like more cleanup teams like you're going to have to pick up their bodies and stuff. The emergency crew starts investigating inside the school. So we've got people with hazmat gear and Geiger counters inside the school. Like school's in progress. They still, you still got like kids dancing and shit in the hallways and like being <laughs> at the whole time. There's like, yeah, radioactive people with like Geiger counters. It's really funny. Yeah. They're scanning doorways and walls and cheerleaders and lunch. The lunch thing was funny. Yeah, it was. Down in the basement, a worker is down there, and you hear him start to cough, but it's not because he's about to die. It's because, well, he's got a lit cigarette inside his gas mask, and it's trapping all the smoke in. <laughs> <laughs> I tried doing that. Yeah, how'd that work oh, out? It's hard to smoke in a mask. I, I would smoke. think so. Well, his Geiger know. counter starts oh. freaking out, and he assumes that means it's broken, not that he's near something radioactive. He's mostly mad because he's like got to like stop smoking on a smoke break. Like I think he snuck down in that basement just to smoke. And probably then, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. And now Man. he has to actually investigate something. Yeah. Well, he's looking in a uh, a barrel, uh, the open barrel of nuclear waste and he drops his gas mask down inside it <laughs> he tries to get it out and he's got to fight it out of the barrel that doesn't seem at all suspicious to him it comes out all covered with green goo he looks down in the barrel to see what's in there and gets attacked by the monster and eaten the baby's gotten a little bit bigger a little bit bigger yeah and he's got an appetite uh, except he doesn't want to eat a right hand or an ID badge. <laughs> hey, you might need those. Yeah, spit those back out. A limo arrives at the power plant. We don't see who gets out of it, but inside we see an executive type guy confronting Mr. Bailey. They have to scrub down the east wing of the high school, and Bailey is still trying to cover everything up. He's, he's on uh, damage control. Yeah, he's, he's still trying to spin this as not a big deal. They're going to tell the school administrator that there's structural damage in the school and that the nuclear plant crew is going to repair it overnight. Overnight. That, won't sound, that won't sound at all suspicious. No, hell no. <laughs> the Cretans are at their junkyard hideout, and we see footage of a car crusher for some reason. Yeah, I never got this whole... He does the whole rallying speech. They're talking about revenge. Yeah, they well, one of the one of the Cretans is talking about replacing Spike because he's ineffective as a leader. Well, Spike tells him he's got a plan to get some revenge. And they say, Well, what's the plan? And he says, It's something like this. And he points to the car crusher and everybody starts cheering. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I know what they're doing. They're doing, you know, the Braveheart thing, whatever. Right. This is totally stupid. Yeah. Either they're that messed up, you know, on drugs or that psychotic that that will like, I don't know. In the remake, it's way better, but they get way more into character development. But yeah, in this one, it's just I mean, I yeah, I get it. I didn't like it. I guess they wanted to show off that compactor. I guess. I mean, we're here and th these folks agreed to turn this thing on for us. We might as well get some footage because they keep on cutting to them. Like throughout the whole movie, whenever like something happens, they're in the junkyard talking about it. Yeah. And yeah, it gets weird. It's like they filmed all those scenes in one day and it seems like they're trying to pass it off as different days. Yeah. If some of those Cretans are in, in, in later shots or the rest of the movie. But yeah, they're in the junkyard. He does the speech and 
there's a thing, and then it cuts to, like, doesn't it cut to the school? Yeah, yeah, the Cretans have arrived back at the school. They're about to implement their plan. Uh, they've all gathered at a side entrance or a back entrance to the school, and Spike is laying out the plan. Of course, everybody starts talking at once, and Spike just fires some shots in the air with his pistol and orders everybody to be quiet so they don't draw attention. Another very Three Stooges. Yeah, I love that. A lot of his lines are like really uh, kind of sarcastic. Yeah. That, that one really fits. That whole scene is really funny. It's memorable. Well, Buffy grabs Chrissy and drags her down to the basement for Taru. The rest of the gang accost Mr. Wesley and force him to trigger the evacuation alarm. A woman walks into the office while they're assaulting Mr. Wesley, and she gets shot in a very comical. Oh, man, that's so funny. I mean, it's not funny. That's just not funny, but, like, <laughs> she, the so, way he does it. The way like, he does that little spin before he starts shooting her. <laughs> A360 no-scoped a lady <laughs> in a movie in 1986 before that's the thing because that's people do that in video games now right they'll jump up you know with a jetpack or something spin around 360 and like just try to snipe somebody like no scope you know right he did it he did like, it shot her like five or six times and she lands on her back with her feet stuck up in the air twitching it's a very very funny death but yeah, he does this little little pirouette, and there she goes. That guy's crazy. Like he's a really good punk crazy guy. Like you know, he was having fun with this whole thing. I mean, he had to. He wasn't getting paid, so you know, he had fun with that. Exactly. If you're not paying me, I'm not going to stick to your script. I'm going to improvise everything. Then we cut to a shot back in the basement where Taru is licking Chrissy. It's just a really nasty scene down there. You could tell it's. Is that other director? It's really uh, sadistic, right? It's like almost. Uh, it's not pornographic. It's just really creepy. So you probably know that that guy was like kind of like a skis anyway. I'm not saying Lloyd's not a skis, but this other like, guy was more. Yeah, but yeah, the, the the whole time that she's getting tortured and that, and it keeps on cutting back to like the chaos that's going on in the school and then what's going on in the basement. But every time you cut to that basement, it's it's really nightmarish. Like the music changes and shit. Back over at the power plant, Bailey answers the phone to hear about a panic in the high school related to radioactive contamination. Of course, he denies that there's any contamination. Deny, deny, deny. Exactly. And there's a lot of fast cuts at this part. Just the classroom, the basement, the nuclear plant, back in the basement. Uh, Spike's yeah. in the basement now, and he wants Warren They've evacuated the school, but Spike wants Warren down here in the basement to watch what's going on. So uh, in order to convince him that Chrissy's in trouble, they're going to take his necklace or her necklace with some blood on it. So Spike cuts her hand to, to put your blood on it. And, and Taru is just a, a creepy freak. Uh, not only does she get the blood on the necklace, but she starts rubbing it all over herself, too. He told Taru to do this, but it's Buffy that actually delivers the message to Warren. Yeah, she runs out there. Of course, he's out in the field where they're all standing, you know, looking for Chrissy. And just like, yeah, it's like, hey, you know, screw you. Da -da 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 -da. And then the, she just immediately jumps on the back of the bike. Yeah. And all of them are bikes and they just take off toward the school. So Warren runs back into the school. Meanwhile, there's a motorcycle rampage in the hallways. I love this. I love it when they do this. This little montage, I didn't expect really great production, but we just cut, just cut scene, cut scene, cut scene. And the entire gang is riding through the halls on motorcycles while standing on the roof, throwing things off while trashing classrooms. Spray painting the halls, breaking things. Yeah, it's the, insane. The exact same people are simultaneously riding motorcycles through the hallways and throwing things off the roof of the building. They're really good at what they do. Apparently so, yeah. They're very versatile. <laughs> That's what you want in a gang leader is somebody who can multitask. Oh, uh, yeah. Micromanage and stuff. <laughs> 
Well, Warren makes his way into the basement and Spike plans to make Warren watch while he mutilates Chrissy. Yeah, you're right. This this other director is super dark. Oh, yeah. Totally tone shift. Uh, you get all all that nice, warmy, like uh, Three Stooges violence. Yep. And then uh, like Sam Raimi gore and uh, like kind of like punk rock, you know, soundtrack and, you know, humor. And then, yeah, you get to this confrontation scene and it's like almost like too much. Like, I think that's why they kept on cutting all those stupid pranks in the school where they're like just totally ripping the school just, apart. Just to tone that down some. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, yeah, the it's edge real, off of it. Oh yeah. Butter it up, you know, make it where it's like, eh, cause they, they can't throw away that footage. Cause that's like, that's kind of the crucible. Plus it's like the big payoff for the uh, effects guy. Right. What comes up later. But like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's uh they're torching the shit out of these, these two kids down here. They are. They're going to to start mutilating Chrissy. This is when we see Chrissy's baby radioactive worm monster is all grown up now. Dude, I love and this monster. It is a big black and green slime covered spiky monster rising it looks up like, out of a toxic waste barrel. It looks kind of like that leech man from X-Files and a porcupine. Right. And like some from Fallout 3 or something. It's really gross, it, but it's cool looking. They did a great job on it. Yeah, imagine, I don't know, it's just a big spiky thing. And, and it was a really good effect. I, I liked it a lot. But it punches straight through Taru's head. Yep. I mean, you see the flap of the back of her head open up, little trap door open on the back of her head, and his fist comes right through. Right through. Pop. <laughs> That's a great effect. It made me think of uh, that bit in Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. It's just a clean plug. Yeah. He's punched right through that, punched that guy's stomach plug out. <laughs> Look at it. It's and just the, on the ground back there. And, and this was very much like that. I mean, you could see the hinged flap on the back of her head drop open. And, uh, yeah. And his fist just come right through. But I liked it. It was, it was. And he's, he's squeezing his fist or like gut come out and stuff. Yeah. It's, it was fun. Spike shoots the monster several times, which gives uh, Chrissy and Warren time to escape. Meanwhile, Mr. Bailey has arrived in his limo. He's taken a limo next door to the school. He's a really fat guy, dude. <laughs> uh, He's pushing 400-something pounds. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big guy. That, that, these guys are huge. He is. A, they, he is they a grow big, big in Tromaville. <laughs> Well, he gets out of the limo. He's there to take charge. He's going to go into the school and find out why the alarm went off. The whole time, it keeps on cutting from outside to inside and, like, like just the baby, like, just racking up kills, like, yeah. killing cretins, right? Yeah, the next thing we see, our uh, transgender cretin is chasing Warren and Chrissy on a motorcycle when the monster rips his face off. That's great. The next to die is Gonzo when the tentacle wraps around his neck and then punches through the back of his head. That's great. Out of his eyeball. <laughs> that death scream. Mr. Wesley finally escapes from his office and gets outside and explains that the Cretans were behind all of this. Meanwhile, a monster, the monster inside grabs one of the Cretans off of the motorcycle. They're riding down the hallway, spray painting the walls. And as they ride past a door, they spray paint the monster. Yeah, right in his face. And the monster grabs a guy and just pops his head off. It's like when you squeeze that little rubber doll and the head pops off. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, monster kill. The monster kills are pretty funny, all of them. Yeah, you, you kind of like, I don't know, I did. I, I was like, you know, screaming like a, like a kid. <laughs> you know, I got a matinee or something I'm like, yay! you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you definitely, I mean, they've put a lot of work into making you dislike the Cretans. And so the monster kind of becomes an anti-hero at this. Point. Yeah, it's awesome. The baby's awesome. I call him the baby, too. Like, yeah. I don't even call him. I'm like, oh, the baby's here, you know. <laughs> well, Warren and Chrissy are hiding out in the science lab. And they've got a little cylinder there with some water and, and a little chunk of dry ice. So it's bubbling and, and foggy. And Warren knocks that over, which allows Spike to find him. 
he's going to shoot Warren now. Except the monster's got a tentacle coming in there. And that tentacle wraps around Spike's leg and pokes him in the wiener. <laughs> then the monster grabs Spike and chomps him. So Spike's dead now. Yeah. And the monster wraps a tentacle around Chrissy and he's going to grab her. Warren tries to hold her, hold on to her, but he just can't hold on. So he grabs the laser and shoots the monster as it drags Chrissy away. And, oh man, the science guy, the science teacher explained to him earlier this shit, you know, about. Right. Shot, like, that isotope. Right. But, like, he shoots the monster. It does this weird trippy thing where it's like, dee, 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 you know, like, it makes that weird sound. Yeah, like and we see everything time. go photo negative and, and yeah. look real bizarre. Yeah. So, yeah, we def definitely heard him say that if the laser hits a radioactive isotope, it'll blow up the whole school. And the laser just hit a radioactive monster, which could or could not be the same thing. Don't really know yet. Either way, Warren and Chrissy manage to escape. And as they're running out, they run past Mr. Bailey. Bailey keeps on going and he enters the room and runs into the monster just as the monster explodes. <laughs> it's just like boom i guess you gave enough time to escape yeah it was a also, i mean if it was a radioactive isotope it probably would have blown up immediately a radioactive monster you've got a little bit of a delay yeah it's like six foot tall you had to charge it with the laser right and it has the effect it explodes they're outside they're kissed the best part of the explosion though i mean we see the explosion out the the school windows being blown out and everything but then we just see a random building collapsing. Yeah. Like they, now, they, yeah. They, needed to show, they needed to show the building collapsing, but they couldn't blow up the school for real. So they just used stock footage of a building being imploded. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> also, over the intercom speaker, it's yeah. like, school closed for construction, go home, and everybody cheers. I love that, that immediately after they see the school explode. Yeah, as soon as the dust clears, we hear an announcement over a PA system. Where the PA system came from, nobody cares. No, yeah. There's just an announcement that Tromaville High School will be closed for remodeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good shit. Next thing we see is a wrecking crew clearing away the debris of the collapsed high school, and they reveal the radioactive baby worm. Dun, dun, dun. And roll credit. Roll credits. What's going on? Do, do, do. <laughs> Newcomb High. I love it. This, I love that this, movie. This movie is a lot of fun. You said they remade yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, man. They did the whole, like, Lord of the Rings thing. They made one movie and then two movies. Right. Return of Class of Newcomb High 1 came out in, like, 2018 or something like that. 2017. Oh, my God. They filmed both of them together, but... The the last one, part two, just got released, like, I think last year or something. Okay. They're really crazy. They made, like, three Newcomb High movies. I think there were four. Yeah, I think it is four, because, like, part two, three, and four are, like, totally different. There's, like, a continuing storyline and stuff. Uh, the first one is really, like, kind of a standalone movie. Right. They just use it for inspiration for, the uh, for like, the, the sequels after that. But then the remake... It's pretty much a modern retelling of the first movie with a lot more character development and musical numbers. Oh, God. They turned yeah, it into it, a musical? Yeah, well, the Cretans are the Glee Club because Glee was on, you know. Okay. So, yeah, that it's a little bit sense. of music. It's not bad, though. It's all Barbershop Quartet. So. so there were four sequels. Two came out in the 90s. 1991 was Class of Newcomb High 2, Subhumanoid Meltdown. Great Nin movie. 1994 was Class of Newcomb High 3, The Good, but The Bad, and The Subhumanoid. And then two sequels directed by Lloyd Kaufman in the 2010s. A fourth installment returned to Newcomb High Volume 1 in January 2014. And then the fifth one returned to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2, was released in 2017. Okay. That, yeah, I got that's like six movies too many for this. If you ever watch the sequel, you kind of say that to yourself. But I kind of like the remake. I like yeah. the modern modernization. But yeah, great movies. Highly recommended. 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching it. I'm pretty sure if we keep watching these movies, I'm going to end up with permanent brain damage. I'm willing to take that risk. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. I think that's a podcast. Awesome. Hell yeah. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFpod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDF Pod. Join us next time as we explore another movie's so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made.